Welcome to the Dayspring Community Church Podcast. Check out our website at dayspringonline.org. And now, Dr. Matt Friedemann. If you turn that Bible to Isaiah chapter 55. And we're going to be, uh, if you're wondering, oh my goodness, we still got a sermon here to go. <clears throat> uh, we'll we'll uh, make it efficient. Good and efficient, I hope. We're in the major prophets, and we're talking about Isaiah, Jeremiah, and we're putting Jeremiah and Lamentations together. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And this summer, we're just spending three sermons per prophet just to kind of get an overview of what that prophet is about. And so we're on the third of our uh, sermons in the Isaiah series. Now, real quick, I want to tell you where we're at with all this. Sermon 1 covered Isaiah 1 to 39. What we're doing is picking out a passage in all those chapters that we think give a good look at all those chapters. And so we, we just landed in chapter 1 for that one, and it basically says, we've got a problem. And of course, we at this point was Judah. Big problem. We need God. God's going to have to send us an answer from the outside. So at that point, Isaiah's looking forward to what's going to be happening in the future. And after chapter 39... What Isaiah sees happening is they go into, we go into, Judah goes into exile. Someone picks them up and carts them away to a land called Babylon. And in Babylon, Isaiah prophesies in the life, and he says, the suffering servant is coming. Of course, we know that to be Jesus. Jesus is coming. That's going to be the solution to your problem. And today, what we see is there is hope for Judah, and for us, even as we stew in some kind of exile because of our disobedience. Now, somebody here, I don't know who it is, really, really needs to hear this, that there is hope for you in Christ Jesus. The situation for Judah was this. From about 750 years before Christ and onward, the great empires of the world are breathing down their neck. And I don't know if you've ever had someone or some situation or some group of people breathing down your neck. If you just heard Joe, he would give testimony that his family at one point in his life was breathing down his neck. And really, once that happens, we can look off into the future and see that it continues to happen even if we're not around them. Now, some of you, uh, since it's Father's Day, have been extraordinary fathers. Some of you haven't been the fathers you wanted to be. Some of us came from families that had extraordinary fathers, and some of us came from families where, frankly, lots of dysfunction. What we look at on Father's Day is to the Father in heaven and say, if I ever did anything right or good or pleasing, it's because I somehow, by His grace, performed some good things in this life. But we know it didn't come from us. It had to come from somebody else. We also know that if we were lousy fathers or did some lousy things along the way, we can also look to the Father for forgiveness and for hope moving forward. And that's a good bit about what this part of the Isaiah we're talking about today is. There is hope moving forward because of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. In Isaiah's lifetime, the premier nations would be Assyria and then eventually Babylon, Persia, and Greece would in future decades and centuries intimidate and pummel Judah. They had to make a choice. And Isaiah the prophets makes this very clear. You can trust 
in your military and political maneuverings to survive. Or you can trust in God. Now, if you just heard Joe's testimony, kind of the same thing. You can trust Joe in you and your way of maneuvering way through life with your drugs, with your alcohol, with your anything you want to throw in there. Or that day, that day where you can put your trust in me. Your choice, Joe, but it's the same choice for all of us. We can trust in ourselves, our own manipulations, or we can put our trust in Yahweh, in God. And for us, we recognize that as the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The chosen nation was called to be a servant so that other nations might be able to serve God. So you've got to get your act together because I want to use you to help other people, help other nations. So here we are. Look at Isaiah 55, and we're going to start here with verse 6. And if you please stand in reverence to the Word of God this morning as we read. <clears throat> the Lord through Isaiah says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked abandon his way and the unrighteous person his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it produce and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty. Not without accomplishing that which I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will break in shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the juniper will come up. Instead of the stinging nettle, the myrtle will come up. And it will be a memorial to the Lord, an everlasting sign, which will not be cut off. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So let's roll through four quick points. Number one is this. The best thing to do when you're in exile is to seek the compassionate Lord. He's got a better plan for you than you have for yourself. Now, that takes some maturity of thought. Sometimes we have to hit the bottom. We have, and they have. That's the thing is they had hit bottom. They were no longer. God had called them to the promised land to be an agent of service and of revelation to the nations, and they went to that promised land and then sinned so badly that they were exiled to another nation. But now they're in Babylon. And he says, hey, you've got hope. Hey, good things are going to happen. And good things are going to happen because of that Jesus we talked about last week, and also because your best days are yet to come in him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. He'll have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now, 6 and 7, they're briefly explained how to enter into a saving relationship with God. Listen. First, by his grace you seek him and seek his ways. 
while there is opportunity. I like this. It's almost scary to me, but I like it. While he is near. Because you may find he's not always near. Not that he won't be, but you won't feel him near because of your transgression, because you're just simply ignoring him. While he is near. So, seek him while he can be found, while there's an opportune time. Forsake all the wicked behavior, his ways. Joe, you set me up for this sermon. I don't even know what I'm talking for. I just say, hey, Joe's spoken. Read the passage for yourself and let's have an altar call. I mean, forsake all your ways. Forsake your unrighteous attitudes. And then cast yourself on the mercy of Almighty God. Knowing that nothing we have done merits his pardon, but he's going to give us pardon nonetheless. Hallelujah. So, look at 54. Now, I know 54 is not in here, but I, it's, it's Father's Day, and I just want to touch on 54 anyway, okay? You say, well, that doesn't fit the sermon. I know it doesn't. I want to do it anyway. Is that all right? 54, 5 to 6. 54, 5 to 6. It says this, For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of armies, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife, forsaken and grieved in spirit, even like a wife of one's youth when she is rejected, says your God. Now, I love the nuptial metaphor, the marriage metaphor of the Old Testament. Just love it. And you can see it in the New Testament too. For instance, we are the bride, the church, day spring is part of the bride of Christ. We are the bride. But I love it here. God is seen in this passage as the husband with Israel as his bride. Now, in, in the Bible, sin is frequently compared to adultery. You've gone off to other lovers. You've gone off to sell your body to other people. Yet God demonstrates the profound nature of his love by pursuing his wayward, adulterous people. Even as we're sleeping with other agents of the world, he's pursuing us. I don't know. My woman's never done this to me and never will do this to me, but I'm thinking if she were doing it, I'd be so ticked off. I remember one of my friends. This very thing was happening. His woman and and the other guy was in a truck. I'm thinking, man, I'm blowing the truck up with them in it. That's how mad mad I'd be. I I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Anybody here with me on this? I'm not talking about the way it should be. I'm just saying the way it would be. I'd be so mad. You know what he did? As they're in the car, he stands in front of, in, in the truck, stands in front of the truck. She looks up first. Oh, there's my husband. He looks up next. There's her husband. And he just says, why are you doing this? <sighs> Marriage got back together. But y'all, that's what God does to us. He pursues us even while we're sleeping with other people. And he says, I love you so much, I'm going to woo you back to me. I love you so much, you're going to come back to me. Anybody ever ever read the book of Hosea? Oh, Gomer. 
with a woman named Gomer. Anyway, Gomer. Gomer's unfaithful to Hosea. And I mean, Israel's past was so riddled with infidelity to their covenant with God. God says, let me set up a book that people will read for thousands of years. Hosea's faithfulness to Gomer, even as she is unfaithful, is incredible. And you're thinking, I don't know how that can happen. I'm going to tell you how it can happen. When we get up here, we, sometimes we'll do a wedding here at the day spring. And they'll come up here and hold hands. Hey, say this to one another. For better, for worse. And I remind them, both before and after they take those vows, worse is going to happen. When worse happens, today you stand before this crowd of people saying, I am going to stay faithful even if they're worse. We're unfaithful. How can you do that? Only by the supernatural grace of God. And I believe we need more men in this world that are willing to stay strong no matter what. This world, hey, would anybody agree? Particularly this nation, particularly this nation, this nation is crazy. We're in chaos. We're in confusion. And more than ever before, we don't need men saying, and I wash my hands of it. I'm going to go do what I want to do. We need more men willing to stick in with the mess saying, I will be faithful no matter what. Jesus, only by your grace. But at the end of the day, if you knew God was like that, would you seek him? Because that's the challenge. Seek that one who comes to your door knocking, even as you're making Love with another lover inside the house. He's seeking you. Will you get up from that bed and seek him as well? The best thing we can do in exile is to seek the compassion Yahweh. They are at their bottom. God looks at them at their very bottom, at the lowest place of their existence, and he does not say to them, you deserve that. Just go ahead and die there. He says to them, rise up. Come on. Let's get back to the promised land and let's do what God always dreamed that we could and should do. Number two, aren't you glad that God transcends us? He's above us. He's beyond us. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says verse 8. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Listen, y'all, we celebrate Pentecost. I've occasionally been asked why we don't also celebrate the Ascension. Because Thursday, a week and a half before Pentecost Sunday, and Joe, we do Pentecost up here. I mean, ain't nobody did it better than Maureen. Man, we got excited on the day of Pentecost. She come in wearing her red. And, oh, man, it was... Anyway, we love Pentecost Sunday here. But we probably ought to think at least a little bit about the Ascension. You remember the Ascension. On Thursday, a week and a half before the Sunday of Pentecost, Jesus is standing before and says, listen, this is what I want. I want you to go to all the world, and preach the gospel. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will take the gospel to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Then, he starts going up. I just love to have seen that. Actually, I want to see what the chosen, that, that series, I want to see what they do with that. And they're all looking up. 
Then in the dumbest question in the Bible, someone in white shows up and says, what you doing looking up in the sky? Are you kidding me? That don't happen. I don't know where you're from, pal. That don't happen every day around here. And we're all looking up in the sky. He says, don't. Be earth people. Not necessarily just a sky person. There's so people so enamored with heaven, they forget. There's an earth that Jesus wants us to be involved with. They're prisoners. They're women in crises. They're kids that can't read. There are situations here that he wants us to be involved with. And Aubrey, I love the fact that we're involved in the nursing home ministry. We need a lot more people involved in that. The reason I want more people involved in nursing home ministry is simply this. If we preach to a young person, maybe they'll come to church. Maybe not, but maybe they'll come to church. Preach to a prisoner, maybe they'll come to church. Preach to any number of people that we preach to, they may come to church. Not the nursing home, they're not coming. There is no payoff to nursing home ministry. That's why I want to get good at it. I want us to go where there is no payoff where there's no possible thing that could come back to Dayspring and said, hey, because you did that, I'm going to give you 100 grand. Because you did that, I'm going to give you 50 more visitors. Because you did, nope, not happening. That's why I want to get good at nursing home ministry. But, but y'all, whole point is, this is why I think that ascension is so important for us. As they're looking up in the sky, they're recognizing Jesus is above us. Jesus is beyond us. Jesus is up there. But on Pentecost, what they're going to find out is Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is in here. He's closer to me than I am to myself. I want that God in my life. He's bigger. He's taller. He's transcendent. He is beyond me. He's beyond all my problems. He's just flat more than anything I'll face this week. He's up there, but he's in here. I want a God that's both transcendent and imminent. Imminent is the word with God is with us. God is with me. God is in me as well as above me. And I believe the Lord says here, you need to remember the above me thing. Because my thoughts are better, bigger, and higher than yours. So are my ways higher than your ways. And we need to go ahead and say, that's why I opt in for his thoughts, his ways. Number three. His word makes a difference. For as the rain, verse 10, as the rain and the snow came from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth, and it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Now recall. One thing we know about Jesus is, it says in John 1.14, that word became flesh. No, I don't think a whole lot of good and probably some bad comes from saying, let's fly over an area and throw out a bunch of gospel tracts. I think much, much, much good happens when the word doesn't become a track, but it becomes you. And then you go and put yourself into people's lives who are needy, who are desperate, who need the gospel today. And y'all, we need to become that kind of a person where the word is becoming flesh in me. I remember the baseball player. I'm trying to think of his name. 
Ooh, not coming to me, not coming to me. Used to be a Texas Rangers manager. Come on, Matt. Come on, you can do this. Can't think of the guy. Anyway, what he did one day, he was eating Willie Mays baseball cards. He was in the dugout. Doug Rader was his name. Doug Rader. Doug Rader. Ha! Thank you, Lord. I don't know if that was the Lord or not, but thank you. Anyway, Doug Rader. He's eating, he's eating, Doug Rader is eating Willie Mays. Anybody remember Willie Mays? Joe? Willie Mays, right? The greatest ever. I'll just go ahead and say it. Ain't no baseball player better than that. Willie Mays, greatest baseball player. He's eating Willie Mays baseball cards. And so they asked him, he's the manager of the team. Dude, what are you doing? Eating Willie Mays baseball cards. He says, I figure if I eat them, they become part of me. I might become Willie Mays. Somebody had to tell him, that's just dumb. But eating this word's not dumb. It will not go go forth empty if it becomes you and you go forth as his word. In John 1.14, it says the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And that's exactly what's supposed to be happening with our life. The word becomes flesh in me and I dwelt amongst, amongst needy people for the glory of the Lord. Amen? Verse 4. Last one. Not verse 4, but fourth point. <laughs> I like this. Joy, y'all, is my destiny. Say that with me. Joy is my destiny. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Anybody remember this old song? I like to do this from time to time. I just like to know who the Jesus people, because this is what kind of stuff we sang in the 70s. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Am I the only Jesus person here? Okay, here we go. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. All the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Ah, see, those old corny songs. It took me a while to figure out they're actually quoting Scripture. You kind of got to like a song that actually quotes Scripture, which is what that does. But it's not just quoting so you can do it kind of Jewish sounding dance, it's quoting it so that you will realize joy is your destiny. And it says, go out in joy. What the Lord seems to be saying is as you're stewing in Babylon, I need for you to know you're not going to be there forever. You're going to go out from Babylon back home. And then my destiny through you is going to start in earnest. And by the way, even the mountains are going to break forth in song. Isaiah frequently used personification for dramatic effect. With his hands or his mountains, he just loves the fact that, hey, things are going to come to life. Even nature's going to come to life. I mean, Psalm, uh, chapter 54 speaks of God's people being restored, but chapter 55 is saying all creation is going to be made new. All creation's going to come to life. Everything's going to pulsate with the heartbeat of God. It's going to be something great. There's your hope. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And day spring, I don't know who it is, but someone here today needs to hear. There's hope. My old pastor, I tell you this all the time, but I just love it so much. My old pastor used to say, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of this of these is love, but the hardest is hope. And somebody here today needs to know that the hardest thing is coming your way. As you seek him.
There was a certain preacher. And there's an atheistic barber. <laughs> it's a preacher story. You like preacher stories? We're pretty sure they're not true. They're just kind of fun to tell. A certain preacher and an atheistic barber. They're walking through the city slums. The barber says, this right here, my friend, this right here, is why I can't believe in your God of love. If he was as kind as you say as are, as good as you say as are, is he a Jehovah Jireh like you say he is, he wouldn't permit all this poverty, all this disease, all this squalor. He wouldn't allow these poor street people to get addicted. No, I cannot believe in a God who permits this kind of thing. The minister just shut up for a while. That's hard for us to do, but he did it. He just shut up for a while. Eventually, he ran into a man who was very unkempt. Hair was hanging down his neck, had a half-inch double on his face. And then the preacher says, now it's my turn. He says, you know, you can't be a good barber, or you wouldn't permit a man to look like this, continue living here without a haircut and a shave. And you might imagine the barber didn't see the connection, so he got a little ticked off. He says, uh, man, you can't blame me for this guy's attack. Don't blame me. He's never come to my shop. If he had, I could have fixed him up, made him look like a gentleman. The preacher said, ding. Then don't blame God for allowing people to continue in their evil ways. He invites them to come and be saved. In fact, he invites them to seek him while he may be found, to call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And that Lord's going to have compassion on him. And he will abundantly pardon him of all his iniquities. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, by grace today, help us to live into this message of Isaiah. We want today of all days, to seek you while you can be found. By grace, help us to seek you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Dayspring, please stand and let me bless you. Jesus, my friends here, especially Joe and Annette for coming so graciously today. We just want to seek you this week. Lord, we also know other people that need to seek you. So may we be hope for them. As the word becomes flesh in our lives, may we be able to go to other people and let them know that God can be found today. And maybe we can say to them, let's find him together. So Dayspring, that's our call this week. Be that kind of people. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.